Welcome to the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast will provide you with the tools and inspiration you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Spiritual Shipworker Podcast. I'm so happy that you have pressed play today. And I'm really, you know, I know I say it every time, but... This is a really special episode this week, um, and for a couple of reasons. My guest, Ashley Hayek, is one incredible human being, and when you hear her story, you're going to wonder and maybe ask yourself, what would I have done? How would I have dealt with this? Maybe you have gone through something that Ashley has gone through, and I just know that she is here and she has changed so many people's perspective on how to approach, how do I say, how to approach maybe what could have been perceived as the worst thing in her life. And of course, there's always, things can always be worse. That's I'm certainly not um, disregarding other tragic, other traumas in people's lives. But for Ashley in her circumstance, it was definitely a big, big turning point. So as you listen to this episode, I want you to sort of ask yourself, what would you do if you were forced to make a huge shift in your life that would change everything you had ever known? How would you react? And by what I mean forced, it's like, other people are basically making the choices for you and you're sort of going along with it because there's a different perspective that Ashley has taken on that question and you're going to find out her answer. So when I met Ashley a couple of years ago, I knew our meeting was for a reason and I'm not going to give you the details, but I just want you to know that Ashley's story is a true lesson on how to keep the faith learning how and when to let go of what you cannot control and leaning into what you can. So sit back, grab that Java. Let's get started. Ashley, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast. I am so excited. We've had uh, to sort of postpone our our chit chat, but I'm so glad that you are here today. And I just want to share with uh, the listeners a little bit about our connection, how we've come into each other's world. And my listeners may start to soon put all the dots together um, that I've been fortunate enough to meet some pretty amazing humans over the last little bit um, from joining Christina LaCure's Mastermind back in 2021, which, gosh, we're going into January 2023, which is crazy. Um, but I love how the universe put us together yes. um, in such an interesting way and how I think that's really helped us both um, in different in a different way. But I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do and what you are currently 
excited about? Yeah, so I am a accountability and business coach. I love helping women create a business that they can have flexibility and financial freedom um, to create the their dream life, whatever that might be. Being able to spend more time with their kids or um, go do other things or travel a lot. So um, I've specifically in the last year worked with a lot of single moms. Um, I myself am a single mom, so that's been very um, rewarding and motivating to um, help other people and serve other people in that way. So, um, currently I'm excited about a shift in, I'm no longer working at that nonprofit, but I am excited about new beginning and new ideas that are coming to me. And I thrive in that brainstorming what, what is the next step or where do I feel best? So I'm excited to see what's next. Excellent. Oh, I love that because I know that you are so passionate about that and just knowing a little bit about your journey, but how about (laughs) we're going to go backwards a little bit Yeah. um, because this podcast is really about making shifts in your life. And for some people, it's a small shift. Some people, it's a big shift. Some people, it's a knowing inside that something has to change. And then there's the whole other aspect of that where sometimes the shift happens for you, um, yes. never to you, always for you. So I do know a little bit about, but I'm, you know, wanting you to share that with the listeners that really you are catapulted into making a shift in your life. Um, and that was a pretty big shift. So let's sort of talk about that and, um, what that was like where you started and what sort of occurred. Yeah. So, um, four, yeah, four years ago now I was in an abusive relationship and, um, unfortunately, um, one, and I just had my daughter, she was six months old at the time. Um, when I was in this relationship, um, I was a teacher. I'd been teaching for nine years. I taught middle school. And at that particular time, I was teaching severe special needs adults, um, life skills and how to live on their own or just helping them become more independent individuals. So when, so the one night that changed everything, our argument became physical and unfortunately um, through the questioning from the police, um, they decided to arrest me instead of um, the person who did the abusing. So um, long story, like there's a lot of ins and outs of that, but um, I then had to make a decision um, because I was facing criminal charges. Um, I was in a family custody case. So I had two different lawyers at the time. Um, So that automatically was a huge shift just in that. Um, And then I also was, I was not able to teach and continue my job because I had these um, accusations. So I, 
was, like you said, catapulted. Um, it was by choice, but it was not by choice. Um, obviously, the decisions that I made to be in a relationship with this person was my choice. Um, and I have a lot of people say, oh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And I think when I think when I go back and think about it, I really am not sorry that I did. I, it has led me to amazing opportunities outside the classroom to teach and help other people. Um, and also if I did not go through that, I don't know what would have happened to myself or my daughter if I had stayed in that relationship. So the forcing of like, there was a restraining order put in place and, um, things like that. But that gave me the break, the clean boundary set to make the mental shifts and um, boundary shifts that I needed to make to be able to move forward. Um, so when I was going through like my criminal um, case, um, I had to do certain things like go to domestic violence uh, group therapy. And I had to, um, do drug tests, call to see if I had to do a drug test that day. And I had to do counseling individually and I had to take certain courses. And, um, I, when I was starting all of those things, I had to, I was, first of all, obviously frustrated because I was not the person that should have been going through all of these things, but I knew if I stayed in that negative mindset, I would be miserable for the next six months or whatever it was going to be for me to get through all of this. So I remember sitting in (laughs) my car. Um, I think I went through like McDonald's or something to get something to eat right before group therapy, just because I didn't want to be hungry and angry because that's never a good combination, but (laughs) no. So I remember sitting there and I was like, okay, either I can attend these meetings and be upset that I'm there, or I can use this as an opportunity to learn from other women or that have gone through something similar, or I can help other women like with their mindset or maybe for whatever reason I'm in there to help them in whatever way. So that was really a great uh, mindset that helped me through something I didn't want to do. And there's like, if we think about, there's always stuff we don't want to do, but how can we change the mindset of like, okay, how can I serve other people or add value to whatever I'm going into? So that was a huge thing for me. And um, by the end, I was teaching some of our (laughs) group therapy classes just based on like, I have the teacher personality anyways. And then um, just the resources and things that I had been finding to help me through changing my mindset or um, getting out of an abusive relationship and healing, I had found a lot of stuff and I was always wanting to share because it could help somebody else. So, um, that is a little tidbit of what I've gone through and the big shift. Um, and I think 
I did start my own business after I lost my um, job because I knew I had to provide for my daughter and I. Um, so I ended up losing my teaching job, um, going through the criminal um, case. So I had to make the decision of do I... I had gotten a letter from the Department of Education and I had to make the choice, like, do I surrender my license or keep it or try to keep it and go on trial? And I decided to surrender it because it was just too much all at once. So at that point, it was like, okay, like I, I'm going to go head full or headstrong into my um, business idea and really just jump into it and not look back because there was no plan B. I don't recommend doing that. If you're looking at starting a business, <laughs> it's not the best, uh, but you can do it. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of shifts during that time of. Yeah. 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 I think what I really want to dig in there is, um, you know, you mentioned you were not the person. And from the, from my, as everybody knows, who's been listening to the podcast, obviously I'm a police officer. And so when we met, uh, I think there was definitely some apprehension there in, in sharing <laughs> your experience. Right. Um, but then realizing that we all are just human, but how you, you know, you're like, I was, was not the one that should be, should be charged in this. And, did you feel that that you knew deep down the truth? Um, but did you feel that people didn't believe you? That yeah. It um, it's definitely um, a situation. Like we all go through different things where people might not believe us. Um, but especially... Come, like I was the one that was abused and I was technically the victim. And when I would have to go to group therapy and all of these things were focusing like on the perpetrator or like the abuser, I was like, this is not me. Um, but I had to not necessarily bury that down, but how can I use this information moving forward? Um, how can this help me? Like, and I remember specifically talking to my counselor and she was like, well, use the information for future relationships. Cause we talked about like communication styles and we talked about like how to have a safe argument and using like an anger meter. Um, they, the other ladies did an anger meter and I did an anxiety meter. Um, so because that fit me a little bit better, um, but it was kind of the same um, tool that would help me it later on. Um, so I, I don't necessarily have any tips of like, what to do, like when people don't believe you. But I think the biggest thing is that I knew the truth in my heart. And with my faith, I knew that um, God knows the truth and he's going to use it in some way to bring glory or to serve other people. And that's really what I've focused on. And that's what I loved about working at the nonprofit is that I was able to 
speak to those women's pain points or like help them in the situation that they were in because I was in that space and I made it to the other side. So serving other people was always my answer. Um, even at our lowest points, um, when you don't have a lot of money or you are feeling depressed or anxious or all those things, serving someone serving someone or adding value to somebody else's life with a kind gesture, even just a coffee or a card or something like that makes you feel good. And it's something that we can all do every day and shift our mindset. Like we're not having a good day. So I definitely think that that was something that I learned during that time too. Yeah. I think that's huge, right? Because everyone, everyone's going through something, right? Yeah. We see the surface level uh, experience and we don't necessarily, because we're so preoccupied with what we're doing in our own life, that we don't always have that compassion. And even as a police officer, right, we, we tend to get very jaded on what we're looking at and not look at the underneath as to what people are experiencing on different levels through whatever fear or mindset or beliefs or limiting beliefs that people have about themselves. And so you mentioned, you know, you're sitting there making, you know, sitting at McDonald's or Starbucks. I prefer Starbucks, but um, you're like, I got, I have to, I have to change this. Like this, my mindset, you, you knew at that moment that you were the only one in control and that that was what you needed to do. And so was it the mindset of the only way, like, is it, was it sort of like the only way I'm going to get through that, this is if I do this, or is it, was it just the knowing and because you knew so strongly that the truth, that it was like, this is happening for me or was yeah. it for the other end? Um, I think what got me to that mindset was really, I, it was something that was court ordered. So there was no backing out of it. There was no, I can't do this. Cause if I didn't do it, I was going to the big house for like nine years or something. I don't remember. So like, it was something that I couldn't shy away from. And so I could, I made the choice cause I was like, I can either be miserable or I can use it in a way to benefit like myself and other people. So that's where it was for me. Um, I, there's been a few times I've like thought of myself as the victim more and like played that mindset, but it doesn't serve you to sit and stay in that mindset. And I see that mindset like a lot more often too, like working with the clients that I've worked with, you don't necessarily have to have the, like the arrest or like the custody case or things like we all go through things that make us have to make a choice and how we are going to react to something. So I, um, so it could be something like a breakup or you lose a job or, um, you lose someone in your life or, um, I mean, there's all sorts of things where we have to choose how we're going to react to it. So, um, and we always want to, I forget what the phrase is. So, but I don't want to act out in anger. I want to be able to control my feelings. That's another thing that I learned too. Like, of course I wasn't like 
the perpetrator, but I also learned how to react better in different situations and how to be a good listener and communicate um, those like what I need and different things like that. So um, I think um, like every day too, we have a choice. Like when we wake up, like I can either choose to be anxious or depressed or whatever, or I can step into Um, happiness or joy and like yes there's times in our lives where we need things like medicines and I'm not saying that like all depression or anxiety is just a choice Um, because I've also been in um, even this year I've been in situations where like I had to go get help and like I took a sabbatical from work to work on those things but most of the time when we wake up in the morning we have a choice um, of how we treat people and how we treat ourselves too so because the self-talk is also um, a big thing. And I think in some of those classes, I was sitting there thinking like, was I a TV user? <laughs> but like, I obviously wasn't, but, um, we all have a choice of how we treat others and treat ourselves. So, and I think for me, it was a great growing, um, season for how I also talk to myself. Um, cause I think of how I ended up in that relationship, I had low self-esteem or I was looking for validation from other people, except from my faith, um, and myself. So, um, moving forward, I was able to correct some of those things. Mostly like there's always, um, hiccups or like other learning curves, but, um, yeah. So. Yeah. We're all human, right? Then we go with yeah. those ebbs and flows of. Uh, really high vibration and then you know sometimes something will trigger us and I, yeah word is so right that something to trigger it's very much used in the last little bit but it really does it makes you react in a certain way and so were you before you know that experience were you aware of the things that you were saying to yourself or did you know like I think everything happens for us, right? For a reason. Mm-hmm. So prior to, like you just said, you know, now, you know, there's certain things that you're aware of as to not to get yourself into this type of relationship, but also because you're worked more on yourself. So prior to that, were you sort of just living reactionary to things? Were you in any awareness as to your choice? The fact that we have a choice that we, yeah. that we can spend so- yeah, I definitely think that through that relationship, I changed, unfortunately changed as a person. So I was more react, react, um, I would react to certain things because I was trying to protect myself or my mindset changed about myself because unfortunately I was told lies and um, fed um, like just nasty things about myself. So it was a good um, turning point for me to rebuild or rewire my thoughts. Um, I wouldn't say that I was always reactionary and, um, things like that, but I think in that relationship, in that, within that time span, I definitely turned into somebody that I didn't want to be. Um, and I think that there's different things in our lives where we just realize like, oh my gosh, this is not the life that I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we built it, like, one decision leads to another or, um, and then it snowballs and we're like, wait a minute, this is not what I wanted. And, um, so I think there's always a pivot point where we can make the choice 
Um, and I've also noticed it now, like with other relationships, um, friendships and romantic relationships, where I notice the way that people talk to me, or I notice the way that things make me feel and I can feel in my body. And some of the counseling and group therapy classes really taught me that. And so um, even though it's hard, like you can say no and, or prioritize those relationships differently. And um, so that was super helpful for me in that, but I've always been empathetic and I can really, that's what made me a great teacher was I was able to tell where my students were or how they were feeling about something. So I had lost that a little bit when I was in that relationship because it was all about that person. Um, so it was really just a rediscovering of like the true skills that I have. Um, so. Yeah. And making that sort of shift back to, to, like you said, you sort of became a different person and that does happen so often, right? Um, you can very easily be, become what that person wants you to be, mm-hmm. either good or bad, right? Like, like people right. pleasing and obviously if, it, if it's the negative aspect, you start to not believe yourself or your knowing, your, your intuition. Um, and then, you know, those things, it sometimes has to come to a, to a rock bottom, not always, right? Sometimes yeah. you, you need to sort of realize this isn't what I, what I desire. Right. So when it came to giving up and I say giving up because it was a choice at that point to let your teaching career was there because again, you're human, right? Mm-hmm. And even though you've now gone through this and grown the resentment, how I, there's had to have been a little bit of anger there, resentment. And how did you work through that again with the mindset of I can learn from this? Yeah. So I, um, a long time, I think it was in high school, our basketball coach had a mindset person come and speak to us. And when I was going and that person told us, like control your controllables. So when I was going through the custody case and the criminal case, like we would come up to a hearing date and then we would have to wait again. It was always like that hurry, hurry, and then wait. Um, And in that time, there was not a lot of stuff that I could control. Um, And I did like... I was upset that I lost my job um, and I resent um, that person now still. Um, But I also feel like it doesn't serve. It never served me to hold a lot of resentment because that's not going to help my future self. And if I spent a lot of time being angry or being um, really upset at this person, I'm not going to be able to catapult myself to where I need to be. Um, It's not serving me. So going back to my controllables, I dug into things that I could control. So I remember um, when I did um, surrender my teaching license, I was like, okay, I had to move back into my parents' house. My dad is a photographer. He has a, a photography studio. So I was like, I have a laptop and I have a pretty nice camera. Like, what do I do? And so during uh, my daughter's naps, I would um, take flat lay pictures of 
um, for Instagram. That's when Instagram was like the pretty feeds and things like that. So, or like people's websites. And, um, I remember selling my first, um, like photo bundle in a Facebook group for like $6 or something. And it was at that moment, like my resentment kind of went away, but it's always there a little bit. But at the same time, I was stepping into my own power by controlling what I could. And if I sold $6, I could sell $60. And if I sold $60, I could sell $600. So really controlling what I could um, gave me my power back to make my own decisions again. And I think it was uh, Lori Harder's podcast I was listening to on one of my walks when I was living with my parents. Like, I always was like, I have to go on a walk every single day and get out of my parents' house. Because being, what, I was like 32, being in your parents' house is not the place you want to be. But um, (laughs) so I would always go for a walk and listen to a podcast. And one of the questions was, what's my next best step? Mm -hmm. I don't have to look at the full thing or the full big picture, like what is my next next step? And um, there's the quote, I'm not sure who, it, I'm not great at remembering those who they're by and things, but um, instead of looking at the whole staircase, what's the first step? Um, and so that really helped me. And then going back to the controllable piece um, in stepping into your power in our group therapy, we called it the hula hoop. So in your hula hoop, um, it's you and your decisions and your boundaries that you have for other people. And I can control my hula hoop by how I react to things and how um, I let people treat me and how I keep my boundaries. So if somebody steps over the line and comes into my hula hoop, that is also me. I need to set stronger boundaries. But also, I can't control other people's hoops. So that was a huge turning point for me. My counselor, I remember, <laughs> we were talking about it, and she literally had me draw a circle on a piece of paper, wrote my name in it, and I had other circles of people in my life. And I had to remember that when somebody said something to get a reaction out of me, I have to throw it back into their hoop because they're looking for a reaction or they're looking for me to react in a certain way. And I need to throw that back figuratively in their um, space. So I, that's really helped me now um, in how I react to things because we, don't know what other people are going through. We don't know how other people think. We don't know what's happened to other people. So um, taking time or getting to know people or just like, it's not necessarily me. It might be them or like what they're going through um, in di- different personality types. Um, so that's really helped me in my relationships moving forward too, is like communication is key, obviously. Um, and there's, different ways to go about things. And so now in dating relationships, obviously things have changed for me and like having someone that I can communicate with is absolutely amazing. And it's been rewiring for my brain to like that this person is willing to communicate and I'm not going to be told that I'm wrong or my feelings don't matter. So um, that was really helpful to like in healing those areas and like the resentment towards that not everybody's going to treat me like that. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge shift, right? That's a mind shift in healing 
those little traumas. It's not always big traumas, right? We can mm-hmm. with that, but understanding that you don't put everybody in the same basket. Not everyone is going to do the same thing. Right. Too, and that's, I feel from my, from my perspective as what I do as a profession is that I see so many people that are in those positions and they can't get out because they don't, they're not allowing that trust um, in the knowing that not everyone is going to do that because they may have been a victim for such a long time that they can't get out of that. They can't get out of that resentment. Right. So I know like your faith and your, your knowing is very strong in that the next step is always the next shift for where you need to go is going to come. Right. Mm -hmm. Just take that next step because you can't look at the whole staircase as you said. And so did you always have that faith and that knowing, or did that come out of this experience? I definitely think it came out of this experience. um, And it very much gave me the idea and like the um, trust that like, if I take a step, if I stay where I'm at, and I don't do anything about it, I can't heal. And I don't want to stay this way. And um, God doesn't want me to stay this way either because he has bigger plans for me. So I need to take the first step. And then like when I would, then something usually happened or like pieces would fall together or an opportunity would come or things happen. So that definitely came through that process. Um, and now even more, I feel like it's even louder. And do I always trust the step? No, absolutely not. But like, and I'm still healing or still like, I did a lot of healing. I did a lot of self work in um, like two years. I didn't date anybody. I kept to myself. Like I really focused on healing those pieces, but I don't really feel like there's ever a point where like you're truly healed from something. And when I would enter friendships or relationships, I had to, because now like when I was in the um, classes, the domestic violence classes, I had like all of the women were still with their partner. And so they would come back and like talk about how techniques work. And I was like, oh, I would just be like, oh, I don't have to practice right now. So I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> but now like entering other relationships and using those skills, um, it's a, also a healing process of, okay, this, this new version of me can act in these different ways. Um, and can use these tools and I'm still healing, even though I'm, um, in a relationship or it was still a healing process even through that. So, and bringing that forward to, you know, your daughter was very young when all this went happened. It's like, now you're being able to bring this new knowledge to her in a, in a very experiential way, right? Because it's not just words and it's being able to bring the whole picture around and getting her to see herself differently and to be able to um, understand that she gets a choice. Yes. She gets a choice. Um, and like, we can't like make a decision about 
Because, like, unfortunately for her, like, she'll have that person in her life for a very long time. But it also gave me the background knowledge and the things that I needed to give her the tools to be able to be in that relationship um, or be able to notice signs that if she is acting a certain way or do it. I did a lot of research about um, like kids and trauma after that, because I want to be able to have the right tools for her um, to make the shifts that we need to. And um, so to help her the best that I can navigate those things, because we can't always just like cut off and set the boundary and be like, Oh, I blocked you. Or I <laughs> like, they're not yeah. in my life anymore. I cut you out. Cause and I still have to parent or co-parent with this person. And so that um, also, like, I can't, I ask my lawyer all the time, I'm like, can I just block this, this situation? She's like, no, you can't. Like, okay, great. So, <laughs> um, so that's also taught me a lot of like how to set really strong boundaries and how people don't always react how we think they're going to react good or bad. So, um, yeah, that's been a lot, a learning, um, shift too, for both of us. Yeah. Cause we can really work things up and create such a story in our mind on how things are going to play out. Um, you know, the scenario, what if this good, bad, or otherwise, right. instead of just approaching it, um, sort of step-by-step step, because we don't know, we don't, we can't predict the future. My goodness, if we could, we'd all be rich, skinny, and happy, right? Right. But <laughs> it's, it's being the, the awareness of that, of knowing that you can't control other people too. I love, right. I love the hula hoop analogy and, um, be able to shift those things back onto the people that are trying to, to. Yeah. And that's a big part of that hula hoop analogy is I can't control how somebody's going to react and I can't react to their reaction because then that brings me down to their level or it brings me into their mindset or like escalates the situation further. So, um, I know a big talk, there's been a lot of talk right now too about like narcissists and like feeding their flame or like, um, like the gaslighting and all of that. And so most of the time when my co-parent is looking at like trying to start an argument or trying to, I just don't respond because there's more power in me not responding. And I have like, a, have literally written out a list and if I'm questioning if I should respond or not, the main question is, does this have to deal with my daughter in her safety? Yes or no. And if it's it, yes, obviously I'm going to respond. And if it's no, I'm like, this doesn't matter. And I have to let it go. And that's been really empowering too, um, to myself. Um, and my friends, there's been some of my friends, they're like, I can't believe you let him talk to you that way and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, but if I do, then I'm feeding his anger and his, and the argument will just go on and on and on. But if I just don't respond, then I'm the one that's holding, not that we're all in a power struggle, but I'm keeping my power and my reaction and I'm keeping, like, it's okay. And... I know what's worth saying something and I know what's not saying something. And that was a huge shift too. 
Yeah, I think that a lot of a lot of people could value take take value in that in knowing that there is that you know if you can't say something worthwhile or something nice, don't say anything at all, and it's not to be rude or to be ignorant. It's the people understand that it's to protect my own energy or your own energy and to know that where your boundaries are. Yeah. You know, that's super important. And so what, what beliefs have you either had to embrace um, about yourself or let go? Yeah. Touched on a few there. Yeah. So I am definitely, and this is probably one of the reasons, reasons why I found myself in that situation is I am a server. I want to help people and I want to um, be on good terms with everybody. And I'm not a fighter and I've had to, and just like we talked about before, I have to know where the line is of if I do this for this person, I know it's going to make me feel like this, or I know that this is what is the aftermath is going to be. So, um, and this is another thing I learned in class was uh, play the take through. So if I, cause we we're all in patterns and we're all living in patterns and we know like, here's a, an example that most people would probably be able to re- relate to. If you drink too much alcohol, you're going to be drunk. And when you're drunk, you might have fun. You're going to dance with your friends but there's a certain point where you might make a bad decision or you make a bad choice. And we all know that, I mean, we can probably all think of when uh, in the United States when we're 21, <laughs> like the next day we're all hungover, right? So if we play the tape through, if I do this, it leads to this, but it also could lead to that. And I don't want that. So I have to start at the beginning of where the pattern is and change it. Um, and so that was how I had to make the shift in my mind. Um, and then I also have to let go that everybody thinks like me because mm-hmm. not everyone thinks like me. I might go out of my way to help somebody help a friend but that might not be reciprocated when I need something. And that was a huge lesson for me um, when I went through all of my um, custody and criminal cases. I lost a lot of my friends. Uh, Almost all of my teaching friends were no longer around. They were no longer. um, And I understand like, it's difficult when you see somebody in an abusive relationship and you've tried to help them and you've warned them of the things that are coming um, or, and you have to check out. Um, But also there's, I know that if I do this for this person, I'm not going to get a thank you or I'm not going to feel appreciated or whatever that might be. And um, to be able to make a different choice. Um, so I think that's a huge thing that I learned about other people too. In that yeah. yeah. And then not being, not taking it personally, right? Yeah. A lot of that happens where the reaction or the benefit doesn't suit you. And then you take it personally when it's, it's not you, it's them. Right. 
right? Yeah. It really is. And, and people, you know, get offended. They get upset because the outcome isn't as they expected and they take it super personally when it's not, as we talked about, everybody is, everyone is going through something um, that we don't necessarily know about. Yeah. So what is the biggest or even the most shocking and I like to add the little drama in there, the shocking, <laughs> most shocking thing that you've learned about yourself on this journey. Oh, gosh. Um, actually, I think it's that I'm more resilient and more powerful than I gave myself credit for. Um, and I think that goes for a lot of people that we're not celebrating who we are and our strengths. We always think about our weaknesses and what we can't do instead of really leaning into what we can do and what we're good at. Um, and that the comparison of other people's lives is not important. I know that that's everywhere, but at the same time, like, what are you really good at that you can lean into more and that makes you you? Um, and it's your superpower. Like I recently had a conversation with someone else too, and we were talking about like depression and anxiety and in the space that I'm in right now, trying to figure out like what's next, like after working at the nonprofit, I, she said to me, she was like, well, why don't you use it as your superpower and not a weakness? And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> so um, I think just realizing how we can make that mind, like make that switch and change the mindset, but also realizing that like we're way more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah, I love that so much because I think the disconnection that so many people are feeling is because they aren't taking the time to get into like that that superpower because everybody's so busy and I say busy in quotes because that is just either a um an excuse or it is literally um people are so disconnected right with (laughs) their body and what their minds are actually capable of and following now as we talked about those sort of little the next steps what what is it what is it right now that you're leaning into something new so, well, it's something new and something old, but like, <laughs> I'm a very, very creative person at heart. Like I always want, that's my like form of self-care is creating stuff. Um, I would want to make a craft before I would want to take a hot bath any day. So I um, am leaning, I used to have a jewelry business and I've been having dreams recently about, um, making jewelry again and selling it and doing all of that because that made me feel so good and it made me feel good like when I would see somebody wear my earrings or when I would wear a pair of earrings that I had made and somebody would go oh my gosh I love your earrings like where'd you get them and I could say I made them um and so I'm leaning a little bit more into that and um I think like niching down my business to help other creatives that are multi-passionate like myself um, be more productive no matter how we're feeling. Like creative people are also very emotional people. (laughs) That's what I've learned. And um, most of us struggle with ups and downs of emotions. 
um, and I've had people tell me they're like, you're very emotional. And I know a lot of women like don't like that, but I'm like, yeah, I am because I care about like what I make and I care about how I treat people and I care about, I'm like, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I think digging deeper into those feelings and like, like using them as a superpower, like that's what I'm excited about. And I'm definitely excited. Like I have all the stuff like behind my drawers. Um, so it's just the like doing it. And, um, so that's what I'm excited about. And I, another thing that I definitely wanted to share um, with your audience today too, is like when you go through something big and you've gone through a shift, I always hear a lot of people like when they go through a breakup, um, especially this is when I hear this, they're like, I want to be the person that I was before that. And I want to be who I was before that. And it always makes me cringe a little bit because if I was that person, it led me to something that was not good for me. But now I've learned that lesson and I've become a better version of myself and I've made the changes. When you take the choice to make the changes and do the work, then you are never going to be that person that you were before. And it's not saying that you can't like the things that you liked before, but you'll never be that person. And I don't want to be that person because I don't want to make the same decisions that led me to that thing that um, was so hurtful to me in my life. So um, I think that was another big thing that I learned too, that I didn't want to. Oh my goodness. And, and here's the thing, right? We are here to grow and expand and learn whichever way the universe or God or divine spirit puts us that in our path. So why? I love that you say that. Why would we, why would we ever want to go back to being a previous version of ourselves when everything we're going through is giving us the better version, right? Yeah. Every step is creating a better version. Like I said, I don't, I have no expectations and to be the same person I was yesterday. Yeah. No. So, oh my gosh, I love that. I love that so much. Uh, So one last question, Ashley, and uh, just given the new sort of adventure that you're on, the new things that you're leaning into, how would you, how do you find the harmony right now? The harmony in your life? And I I don't really love the balance concept because I find that's sometimes that's just not, it's not even possible, right? So having everything that's going on, how do you find the harmony between being authentically Ashley and, and everything else. Um, so I definitely don't agree with the balance either, especially as a single mom and uh, with a cro- chronic illness and owning a business and like all the things, there's no such thing as balance um, in my personal opinion. Um, but harmony for me um, is actually setting time aside for just me to do something that brings me joy. That was really hard for me to do um, even a couple months ago um, because like there's all these things that we need to be doing or these, all these, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And um, it's actually scheduling it, like putting it in your, like prioritizing it. So I talked about how I love to make things and craft like, Um, a lot of entrepreneurs might work at night and I don't like that's my time to do whatever I want to drop whatever I'm doing and 
Because <laughs> I'm totally that person that I'll see something on purchase. I want to drop whatever I'm doing, go buy the craft stuff, and come back and make it because that's what's going to make me happy. Um, <laughs> and that interest. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's really like exploring those pieces of myself. And um, I think another big thing right now, too, that I'm learning from my daughter because kids are some of our best teachers. Mm-hmm is that the big, huge stuff does not matter. I um, took away all of her toys recently and because she was just, she's almost five, so we're getting very sassy. And um, I <laughs> decided to take away all of her toys and I left her books, puzzles, um, and arts and crafts stuff. And because I thought, in my parenting brain, I was like, oh, she's going to want these back. And like, I can help her earn these back. She could have cared less. She did not. She was upset for like maybe the first two minutes. And she was like, all right. So, um, to see her imagination go and like, I, it was more of a teaching point for me that I, they don't need all that stuff. And like, they don't, um, it's, she would rather like hang out with me and do a puzzle or read a book with me instead of like have all of that stuff. So I recently, I <laughs> over at my friend's house for like two months. So I, she called me, she was like, can I bring you your stuff? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I'm thinking like, I don't even know if it's going to come back into the house because we found such a better, like, yeah. And to see her imagination grow, like, yeah, she took my spatula from my kitchen, but to her, it was like a wand or whatever. So I think that was a good thing for both of us. And just learning from her that it's about simple, small things. It doesn't always have to be, um, like harmony can come from simple joys. Oh, yes. So, so good. And it also, you know, allows them, like you said, the imagination, right. And to be still and to hear those feelings and those intuitions of what they want to do rather than being stimulated 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh my goodness. So where can people find you, Ashley, follow you and catch up on the crafts that you're going to show us? (laughs) Yeah. So I, um, am on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at the Ashley Ann. Um, A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-N-N-E. Don't forget the E at the end. Um, and it's the same for TikTok. Um, and then there, those are mostly the places that I post. Um, and then, um, and where I share things of online courses that I'm hosting or, um, different teachings. I like to do a lot of tutorials to teach people how to do either crafts or how to do stuff on Instagram. So, um, I'm just a teacher at heart and the world is my classroom now. So amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. As always, the conversation, you know, could go off and we could talk for a long time, but Yes. Um, thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, we will uh, talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shift Worker 
and on Instagram at Lianne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.